and good day to all of you watching online somewhere around the world. And as Mike shared, we do welcome everyone who's visiting with us tonight. Some of you may know that I've been in Israel now for 44 years. And I'm still going strong. <laughs> Many old friends who once lived here, and if you've ever lived here, you know people come and people go. People come and people go. So for 44 years, I've watched a lot of people come and go. But there is a common denominator that is available to all of them. And many of them continue to watch online the King of Kings services. And I want to give a great big shalom to all of you out there. As you know, we're in the midst of a series featuring Old Testament personalities and using them to highlight the characteristics of God. I was assigned none other than the person of Naomi from the book of Ruth. What a special person. But before we get into the life of Naomi, I want to share a bit of what I'm doing now on a daily basis because it directly relates to our Old Testament series. Along with others, I was a founding board member of the Whole Word Institute formerly named the 4220 Foundation, as Mike said, which is dedicated to changing some alarming statistics about the original Word of God, the Old Testament. We train linguists, Bible translators, and consultants to learn biblical Hebrew and work from the source, the original Hebrew text, and not a secondary one. This is a residence program here in Jerusalem, as well as distance learning programs online. The current cohort of 23 students from Africa, Asia, Europe, and the USA represent 27 different languages and 3.25 million people who do not have a full Bible, the original Testament. Just the people that these linguists represent is three and a quarter million. They are working so hard to be able to leave here with a grasp of biblical Hebrew that they may translate these languages so that more people can enjoy and understand the full Bible. Now here are some alarming statistics that uh, you may not know. Would you believe that out of the some 7,000 languages in the world today, 7,000 languages in the world today, only 730 have an Old Testament? Only 730 languages out of 7,000 have an Old Testament. Think of all those people who do not have the original Testament. Our series here at King of Kings simply would not be understood. Naomi, who is she? They would say, never heard of her. So how are pastors and teachers using scripture today when they teach or preach? One would think, that since there are 39 books in the original testament, 78% of the Bible, and only 27 books of the New Testament, the original testament would be used more. But folks, the original testament is now being called the neglected three quarters of the Bible. Preachers and teachers are pre preaching from the New Testament at a ratio of more than two times to one time from the Old Testament. Some, and this is really sad, 
Some megachurch preachers are even saying the original testament is not needed at all. Remember that Paul exhorted Timothy to preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. When Paul wrote these instructions to Timothy, the word of God was the original testament only. I'm very proud that here at King of Kings, the team uses the original testament, the Old Testament, in a proper ratio to the New Testament when preaching and teaching, but not so in most of the world. We can pray for the church worldwide, especially in North America and Europe. Our current example here at King of Kings, of course, is this Old Testament series where we are doing what we are doing right now and taking a look, I am taking a look with you at Naomi in the book of Ruth. I will be reading a lot of scripture tonight because the narrative is so good and so descriptive. So please bear with me as I do that. Now, please pray with me, please. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we praise you for your word. We thank you for giving it to us. We pray for the church worldwide that they might use the Old Testament more. And tonight we ask that you help us open our hearts and our minds to your example in scripture, Naomi, to your timeless truths that her life so beautifully displays. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I've entitled this message as The Faithful God, Lessons from the Life of Naomi. Tonight we delve into the captivating story of Naomi, a woman whose life in the book of Ruth offers profound insights into the characteristics of our loving God. As we explore the, explore the pages of scripture, we will witness how Naomi's journey reflects God's faithfulness, his compassion, his redemption, and his restoration. The slide one that should be on the screen soon will say the trials of loss from Ruth 1, verses 1 to 5. You can listen or read with me. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malan and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malan and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Naomi's story begins with a season of sorrow. She and her family faced a devastating famine 
prompting them to leave their homeland of Bethlehem and settle in Moab. Soon after, Naomi's husband and her two sons died, leaving her a widow in a foreign land. This heart-wrenching loss shows us the reality of pain and grief that many of us also face today. But even in the midst of these trials, God's character shines through. He is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. On slide two, God's faithfulness in the midst of desolation, Ruth 1, 6 to 14. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah, back to Bethlehem. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, go back, each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husband and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud. And they said to her, we will go back, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, no, no, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, no, of course not, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye but Ruth clung to her. Summing up that scripture a bit. Feeling broken and bereaved, Naomi decides to return to Bethlehem. Her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, begin the journey with her. But Naomi, aware of the hardships ahead, encourages them to stay in Moab. Orpah chooses to remain in Moab, but Ruth clings to Naomi, demonstrating the incredible loyalty and faithfulness of Ruth. Here we witness God's faithfulness again, manifesting through the commitment of Ruth to her mother-in-law, foreshadowing, foreshadowing the great redemption that is to come. Now at this point, I have a special two-minute video that I think you might enjoy. So please, if you would put the video on the screen.
There is sound with it. וכך קרה שרות הלכה בעקבות נעמי, וחזרה לבית לחם ש... I don't know if you recognized anyone in that early portion, but 18 years ago, 18 years ago, I was privileged to help produce the musical drama telling the story of God's people called The Covenant. How many people have seen The Covenant? Ah, oh, not too many here. Well, let me tell you about this covenant, written by Elizabeth and Robert Muren. The show was produced by the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, and thousands of people saw it in Europe, in, in English, French, and Spanish on our tour in Europe and in America. The Mr. Broadway, if I can use that term, the American term Broadway, the Mr. Broadway of Israel, Mr. Ehud Manor, saw the show and liked it so much that he helped us to adapt it to Hebrew. And what you saw here was the clip of Naomi, Ruth, and, uh, um, Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah. 50,000 Israelis saw this show in Hebrew as we toured across the country. This scene from Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah in Hebrew was something very special and is something very special to us tonight. Did you recognize who played Orpah? None other than our very own Melissa Mott. Because of the sound, you didn't hear her sing, but it was the same voice that we hear at King of Kings. <laughs> yes, you haven't changed a bit, Melissa. Let's give her a hand, please. 
But now we move on with Naomi. <laughs> Slide three, the return and the hope of restoration. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women explained, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, and arrived in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Here we see Naomi and Ruth arrive in Bethlehem, Naomi's hometown, where the townspeople recognize Naomi, who laments her affliction, saying, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. Mara means bitter. Yet despite her pain, Naomi has returned to the land of God's covenant, where the seeds of restoration and redemption will be sown. Slide four. The sovereign hand of God. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter, go ahead. So she went out, entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she's the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Here we see Naomi directs Ruth to glean in the fields, and Ruth happens upon the field of Boaz, a close relative of Naomi's late husband. By divine providence, Boaz takes notice of Ruth's diligence and shows her kindness. Again, we see God's sovereignty at work in orchestrating circumstances for Naomi's benefit and providing for her through the generosity of Boaz. Naomi devises a plan for Ruth to approach Boaz, who has the right to redeem the family's land and marry Ruth as their kinsman redeemer. Ruth's trust in Naomi's guidance demonstrates her own faith in God's redemptive plan. Boaz, recognizing Ruth's character, agrees to redeem the family and marry her, securing the future and restoring Naomi's 
restoration. And now in slide five, we go to joy and blessings. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, praise be the Lord who this day has not let you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. In this final chapter, we witness the abundant blessings that flow from God's hand. Naomi becomes a grandmother, and the women of Bethlehem declare, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. Naomi's journey from sorrow to joy is a testament to God's faithfulness and the hope of restoration that he offers to all who trust in him. In conclusion, I'd like to say that the basic purpose of this book of Ruth and the powerful example of God's faithfulness to Naomi's family is to show how the Lord intervened to protect Naomi's family and her line from extinction. This was in order that her great-great-grandson, David, the future divinely chosen king of Israel and the ancestor of Messiah, Yeshua, might be born. Ruth 4, 17-22. The story of Naomi presents us with a profound glimpse into the character of God. Through her trials, God demonstrates his faithfulness, his compassion, and his redemptive power. Despite the pain and loss she endured, Naomi found restoration and blessing through the sovereign hand of God. Just as Naomi experienced God's faithfulness, we too, you and I, we too, can rest assured that our Heavenly Father will remain steadfast in our lives. Let us emulate Naomi's faithfulness and trust in God, knowing that he works all things together for the good of those who love him. Romans 8:28. May we find hope and encouragement in Naomi's journey, and may her story inspire each of us to seek God's faithfulness in every circumstance of our lives. Remember, the God who walked with Naomi is the same God who walks with us today. Amen and amen. Now I would like to do something a little different here in that each of us, like Naomi, have part of our lives that sometimes are difficult. But he is faithful. 
The example here shows it so clearly. He is faithful. If you would like to declare his faithfulness in your life, or if you would like to ask him to help you with faithfulness for things you might be struggling with, we have a prayer team that would be happy to pray with you. So please come forward, prayer team, if you're here. If you would like to declare God's faithfulness in your life, because we always come to God and say, give me, give me, give me, give me. But if you would like to declare his faithfulness in your life, in prayer, and join someone to do that, please come forward. If you would like to ask him to help you remain faithful through some trials you're going through, please come forward. And last, but certainly not least, this country of ours is going through a terrible time right now. If you would like to stand in and remember God's faithfulness through the life of Naomi and the life of Israel for all those years. His faithfulness hasn't changed. It's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. So what is happening in Israel today, as miserable as it is, as sad as it is, as divided as it is, God is faithful. And if you would like to pray into that and just ask God to intervene, and show us all his faithfulness in this time of trial of Israel. Come forward and pray with these people. We want to encourage and build up in prayer. May God bless you all.